Ian. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Hello, Ian. Sorry I can't make the podcast. I've been hit on the head with an ice hockey puck. I know. What are the chances? This is the Totally Football League show. You all just missed a great bit of acting right there. Ever heard the one about the keeper hit by a stray shot? No, not one of Sam's. But this week's show is dedicated to Coventry City's Lee Burge, who was hit by a puck during Coventry Blazers' match with Sheffield Steelers. Did you all see that? Good. But bandaged up like Terry Butcher, the show must go on. Never one to puck off when he's needed. Adrian Clark, maestro of midfielders, is here. <laughs> Hello. I missed that great piece of acting as well. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Next up, like Bambi on ice, Saint of Strikers, Sam Parkin. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> and he raised his eyebrows, too, which equally you missed. And Ice Ice Baby from William Hill, Joe Crilly. Hello. That was almost poetic. Almost. Strange injuries then, everyone. Did you see Lee Burge's photo? I did, yeah. It was fantastic. So he's done the full tape round the head and then the fluffy hair <laughs> sticking up the top. Uh, have you ever been one uh, to be injured strangely? N- not watching sport, no. Um, but it, it begs the oh, question. Hang on, hang on. You can't say not watching sport, no, which means probably you've been injured strangely another time. <laughs> not really. I, I can't I can't remember, actually, sadly. I don't have any funny anecdotes. But, but his, his reactions were obviously quite bad. Yeah. Uh, and he, they were good on Saturday because he had an excellent game. But, yeah, he didn't, uh, didn't react quick enough to the puck, did he? Sam Parkin, you must have had a strange injury. Watching, can I can I do a quick one about yeah. playing sport? Yeah, which we both used to do. I got kicked in the face by a oh, Dutch sorry, it's not funny. a Dutch trialist at Ipswich on a Friday, the day before a game. So he wasn't even signed, and I think Joe Royal was having a hip or a knee replacement at the time. Uh, he was on a golf buggy, and he drove me back to the medical centre at the training ground. And uh, the lad said it was like something from Braveheart. I just lifted one arm in defiance <laughs> that I was going to be fit for the following day. And the amount of blood, I missed about two weeks. <laughs> and did he ever get a game? Well, I had to go like Terry Butcher to the game on the Saturday. And uh, the supporters were obviously quite inquisitive. What happened to you? Got kicked by a 17-year-old trialist in the 11 v 11 on the Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Crilly, ever injured by a stray pencil? I don't, I'm trying to think what you'd use in the betting. A bookie well, pen. Yeah. No, no, uh, sadly not. But uh, just on that story the best thing about the the tweet was that he said i i, I loved it great experience won't be going again <laughs> <laughs> commentary plays do all right actually apart from that stray shot also i need to ask have any of you got the trots this week <laughs> if, if you were watching quest on saturday night ian holloway who was the guest with colin murray had to leave depart during the show because he had a touch of the you know a one-twos. The Jason Punchins. The Jason Punchins. <laughs> yeah, he did have a touch of the Well, day. it proves he wasn't pre-recorded, doesn't it? This so, is true. Yeah, yeah, which is very good. But, um, yeah, no, poor old Colin Murray had to um, ad-lib a bit, didn't he? Yeah, ties in with the injuries theme. I don't know, I'm looking at you. We've I've been involved in matches where players have had it mid-game and had to urge referee to um, basically stop the game and let them sprint off towards, towards said dressing room and... Uh, and then go. I don't know. I was going to say. I was going to say unload there, but I've, I've said it now. Um, but yeah, so it has. It does happen. There was, and I can't remember where I was listening to it or watching it. So this is another great anecdote from the tales of Caroline Barker. Someone was saying they had to wear um, the equivalent of nappies during games to stop them having to run off. Oh yeah, uh, it's all kinds of weirdness used to go on, <laughs> didn't it? All kinds. Uh, on with the show then. This week featuring a five-goal den ding-dong. Pompey can't play up any higher in League One. And Newport, concrete jungle where League Two dreams are made of, although not when it comes to goal difference. Second in the league, 
a minus one. It is, though, to the championship we head first. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. For all the latest odds in the footballing world, check out williamhill.com or download the app. And if you don't spot something you fancy, why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag YourOdds for your very own personalised bet. 18 plus only, be gambleaware.org and when the fun stops, stop. It's Tuesday when we record this and the Championship is about to damn all Tuesday-related EFL podcasts everywhere by playing again. So if you're downloading this on Wednesday, tough. you have to stick with us for the entertainment or just switch off now. Here's what happened at the weekend brought to you by the number two. Just don't tell Ian Holloway. Uh, West Brom, top of the shop, 3-2 at Preston, who are bottom. Rotherham, 2-2 with Stoke. Birmingham, 2-2 with still yet to win Ipswich. Blackburn, 2-2 with Nottingham Forest. Repeat, repeat, repeat. It's actually easier to tell you the three teams that didn't score a goal. Wigan, Derby, and QPR. But by virtue of the fact we're recording this Tuesday morning, West Brom are top. So let's start there, shall we? Clarky, sir, Adrian Clark, you said you wanted to speak with a West Brom fan. Did you not? Did I? Yeah. <laughs> Adrian, you said you wanted to talk of to West Brom. Of course I did. Of course you did. <laughs> well done, producer Abby. She's got you someone on. Uh, let's welcome Josh Bland from the Boyne cast. Hiya, Josh. Hello, hello. You OK? You're top of the league and having a laugh. We are indeed. It's a wonderful change from the kind of last three years of, of Pulis and Pardew ball. It's, it's really, really nice, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all raising their eyebrows and, and smiling in agreement, are you not, Mr Clark? Absolutely, because you were you were so dull to watch, really, in the Premier League. Let's be honest, it, it was all about damage limitation. Now you've scored 25 goals. That's five more than Leeds, who everyone is just waxing lyrical about. Seven more than the next couple in line, which is Sheffield United and Brentford. You're, you're on fire going forward. Um, what's going on? I mean, you, you must be pinching yourselves. Yeah, we are slightly. I think Darren Moore's done a really good job in kind of in taking the shackles off. And I mean, if you if you look just even on paper, the kind of the front four, the front five, you know, Phillips, Barnes, Gale, Rodriguez at this level, obviously they, they should be scoring a lot of goals. And, and it's just a testament really to Moore that he's managed to kind of get them into a, a quite unusual kind of 3-4-1-2 system and, and, and firing really, really kind of really well. How good's Harvey Barnes, Josh, and you're already thinking about January and the potential return to Leicester? Yeah, well, in, in that sense, worryingly good. He's really, really excellent. He's got that really kind of rare ability to kind of take the ball on the half turn and just drive straight at the centre-backs. And, and whenever he gets on the ball, there's this kind of palpable sense that he's, he's going to do something quite special. We, we, we obviously are kind of quite worried about losing him in January because he is kind of the focal point of the team at the moment. You just got to hope that, that, that James Madison... Uh, kind of keeps firing for Leicester and, and Damari Green. People like that uh, stay fit. And only one clean sheet, though. I agree on Harvey Barnes. Though. I think he's, he's been absolutely terrific. One clean sheet. Is that is that a slight concern? And if, if you're going to upgrade any of the positions, I know you're going with three at the back at the moment, would it be a Bartley or a Hegazi? I'm not quite sure that they can be relied upon for a whole season. Um, or am I way off the mark? No, I'd agree with that. I'm, I'm trying not to think about it. I'm trying just to kind of enjoy the goals at the moment. But there is that kind of old cliche that, you know, scoring goals will win your games, keeping clean sheets will win your leagues. And we're not, we're not doing that. At some point, the goals are going to kind of dry up. And we, we, look, we look shaky. But it, the, the flip side to that is that they're learning a new system. They're learning to play out from the back. It's, it's kind of we've not really played three at the back at all for the, for the kind of last three or four years. So it's a completely new system. And they are improving. I love all the stats. Last one, four league games in a row in November 2012. I mean, clearly it's because going down and then trying to get back up again. Things are going to switch anyway. I'm beaten in the last five league games and so on and so on and so on. What's it going to take to keep you there at the top then? I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of sorting out 
the defensive side of our game. I was, I, you know, I have been quite worried. We, we've blown a lot of teams away at the start of the season. We've kind of just blitzed them. And I was a bit worried that we didn't have that ability to really kind of grind out results when we've played poorly. And actually, if you look at our last couple of games against Millwall and Preston, we've never really kind of got into to top gear and, and we've managed to pick up those wins. So it's about kind of fostering that that kind of winning mentality at the club that, uh, you know, especially you know, seeing as we've kind of had such a kind of negative modus operandi for the last kind of three or four years uh, and, and kind of making sure that we can keep those clean sheets. And if we can do that, we're always going to score goals. From here on in, our modus operandi will be to follow and listen and download the Boeing cast. You're available at every good podcast provider and such. We are indeed. We are indeed. Yes. And well worth a follow on Twitter too. Josh, thanks for coming on. And we will speak to you later in the season when you're still top of the league and about to win it. Is that right? Indeed. No uh, of pressure. course, of course. Josh Bland from the Boeing cast. During that chat, I looked across to Joe and said, do you want to ask him anything? And realised Joe's not got headphones on, so he's not heard a word that Josh said. <laughs> Josh was just extolling your virtues. I imagine that it was very good. Yeah. I'll have to listen back later. Tonight. Feel free to download the podcast. All I was going to do was rub in the fact that Bolton beat them on the open oh, day of the season. Do you want to talk about Bolton 1, Derby 0? It, it was probably the least exciting game uh, in the championship over the, the weekend. You, you say that, although there was there was the special celebration that, oh, that, that kind of made that, it stand out. Yeah, it was brilliant. I uh, I was posting that picture on as many Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as many places as I could because uh, Craig Noon, who scored the one and only goal of the game, uh, ran straight over to the bench, ran past the bench and embraced Stephen Darby on the uh, the front row of the uh, the crowd. Uh, and the, the photo that was captured was just absolutely fantastic. There's so much emotion. There were so many people smiling and happy. Mm. And that was probably the enduring image of the, the game, perhaps not the, the result and the fact that Derby were so dominant yet failed to score, but that one moment after the goal was scored. What was the story with the keeper? Remy Matthews came in, didn't he, to play his first game? Was he? Was the other goalkeeper dropped? Yeah, uh, no. Ben Anik, uh, who has been fantastic since joining Bolton Wanderers, had a slight knee injury. It turns out that he might. It, it was thought that he was only going to be out for for the weekend and, and tonight's game. It turns out it might be a couple of more weeks, but. Matthews came in and, and deputised brilliantly and, and made a great save right at the end to deny uh, Mason Mount. Bolton won Derby nil. I'll just repeat it as being the stellar game of the weekend. We could also talk about Sheffield Wednesday 1, Leeds 1, Adam Reach. Uh, I've written down, or I haven't, best goal since John McGinn's. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing that made it again... Mr Harry Wilson. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, the thing that made it again was the Leeds fans that uh, thought it was going over and go, oh! Oh! <laughs> Yeah, similar to the Harry Wilson in that regard. I think there was people at Manchester United ducking for cover as well and he unleashed that one. But yeah, brilliant goal. Different type of goal again. Obviously, you're reliant on a little bit of luck, but um, brilliant strike and he's got previous last year at Villa Park. Scored a perler as well. So, great goal, but Leeds were fantastic on the night. They, they were brilliant and um, Bielsa's been talking about the amount of chances they created and, and not taking enough considering their dominance and uh, again, missing some some vital players. So, I think still in loads of encouragement from Leeds and, and what I noticed was it's very natural to the players now to play, to adopt the, the style. I yeah. think that, that is really evident in their performances. So I think 
a lot of optimism from the Leeds fans who, who travelled the short distance to Hillsborough. Yeah, two great goals. Um, on Sheffield Wednesday, they've scored six now from outside the box. Uh, one direct free kick, the Barry Bannon one, and five from open play, which I think is quite remarkable, really. We're only, what, are we 10 games into the season, so getting good value for money. Bit of a, you know, the goal of the season compo at Hillsborough this year might be quite interesting. And how does that work? I'm looking to you, Sam. But um, tactically, I mean, it looks like it's it's a tactic at the moment, does it? it just shoot on on site if you've got the the skilled players to do it. I think it's about personnel, really. Yeah, yeah people that have got that in their armoury, and Reach has got a nice little language style about him coming in field and, and getting shots away. So, Forestieri is capable off the top of my head. Barry Bannon, of course, is brilliant from dead ball situations, and he's been a revelation this year. I saw him at Brentford a few weeks ago and he was the one shining light for, for Wednesday. And now they've got a few players back. Fletcher looks to be in the groove, Forestieri. They'd have been a decent place, um, although they were you know, reliant on good fortune to get a point out of that game. And just on the, the goals from outside the area, Sheffield Wednesday a few years ago when they reached the playoff finals, every single week you'd watch the Football League highlights and there would be goals from outside the area. That time it was Ross Wallace. Now it looks like they've got a number of players who can do the same thing. So if they're chipping in, they've obviously got decent strikers, but if they're chipping in with the goals from outside the area as well, the run of form that they're on could see them get into the playoffs this season. And we're all sat there go shoot every time they get near it. Birmingham 2, Ipswich 2. Another two-goal lead gone. <sighs> do we want to press repeat on Hurst? Well, I think... I think this is a big couple of games because obviously the international break gives the owners uh, and the board an opportunity to discuss. So still desperate for that first win. They were quite clinical in the first half, getting themselves into a winning position. But Birmingham came very back. They're very physical, very strong. Birmingham, Jukovic, I think he epitomises that. He got himself a, a couple of goals. And yeah, I mean, we could talk about Paul Hurst again. The problems, it's just trying to get, I think, everyone to believe in his methods that got him such success last season. And I just think that's such a difficult thing for a, a manager who hasn't been at that level before to, I don't know if I want to say command the respect of all the players, but I think there's something in that. You have to have a together group, which he had in abundance last year at Shrewsbury. For me, it's a bit fra fragmented at the moment. Yeah, I'd stick with him. I really would. I'd have um, to. Yeah, I, I just think he's, he's proven and it's all fine margins. As you rightly point out, only lost four of ten, six draws. It's fine margins. You look at, I looked at his record at Shrewsbury. It was filled with narrow wins. I think 19 of 25 victories last year were one goal in it. So that's how close it can be. Do you know what I mean? And that was a phenomenal season that got him this job. And now they're losing games narrowly or drawing them. So, yeah, I think they'll be all right. But it's more, I, I, it might be more the players in terms of has he got enough to work with, particularly up front. He's obviously lost a couple of front men now to long-term injuries. That's a bit of a problem. I did read in the, in the local paper in Ipswich, he was talking about looking at the free agent market. I mean, we're into, what, October? If you're a free agent in October, you, you must be seriously unfit at the moment. Yeah. Because you've been out, out without a club since since last May. So but that also shows the resources or, or lack of mm. that he's having to mm. work with. Yeah, it does. So so I feel a bit sorry for him in terms of, of, of the front players are, are, have gone lame for him. They're not delivered. But, yeah, I, I would stick with him a bit longer. If you're going to make the decision in, in that international break, clearly you'd make it a couple of weeks before so that you've got the manager in place during the break to, to sort things out and have that, that time but it does tend to happen sort of in the break in the middle of the break or whether it's just something as fans you all sit there and think 
Oh, it's coming up to the international break. They're bound to sack him now. Yeah, it seriously annoys the players as well because the ones that have booked their holidays are going to be on the training ground every day with a new gaffer. <laughs> have you had that? No, I haven't had that. But no, I never used to get international breaks at League One, Caroline. <laughs> you mad? <laughs> Some do, Sam. Some do. You've got to have internationals in your squad. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't at Swindon Town. But, uh, Millwall 2, Sheffield United 3. Anyone else maybe a little bit shocked to see Millwall where they are in the, the league at the moment? Second bottom as we record this. Trying to repeat what they did last year was going to be really difficult. And yeah, there's that second season syndrome. I think as well, when you take out vital cogs in that setup as well, Savo, I'm talking about, who's really hit the ground running at Middlesbrough. Marshall was great the second part of last season. Struggling for form at the top of the pitch, although Gregory was back to his best at the weekend. So yeah, I mean, that's the one that it's the first time that Neil Harris has come under any kind of pressure. And I know there's some disappointed fans at the moment you hope he can turn it around but I think we have to credit Sheffield United for that performance Um, Millwall were in the lead you know early part of the second half but Sheffield United have got so many goals in the team playing on the front foot the wide players Freeman Stevens are excellent Duffy revitalised in kind of in the hole at the moment a plethora of options up front Leon Clark not even starting after what a wonderful season he had last year so you have to credit Sheffield United for what they're doing at the moment but Millwall can't keep hold of leads and normally they blow teams out the water early on and then they had that grit and that defensive stability to see them over the line that is lacking this season and they're going to have to get it back otherwise it could be a relegation battle yeah I'd agree I'm Mark Duffy I think a word on his two assists they were brilliant weren't they almost identical really a little one-two and then put a lovely ball into the box he's a really talented player um, yeah Millwall just lack a bit of creativity don't they they lack that player to sort of unlock the door there. They're a bruising team, we know that. They're good on set pieces, long throws and second balls. And you know they're wholehearted. That's what it's all about, really, with, with the Lions. But they've got to be tighter at the back because they're not going to score enough goals, I don't think, from open play to win enough matches. And I think that was proved proved at the weekend. Um, it was interesting to see Ryan Leonard play, wasn't it? Did you see that? Yeah, the... Uh, was it was it an omission on the contract on the terms of his loan deal? And in, couldn't in, get it through. Yeah, exactly. And uh, lo and behold, he, pr- he produces a great assist, doesn't Club he? Club secretaries are. I think that's the worst job to have in football. The amount of times we were booted out of the Essex seat. No, I can't say that because I think <laughs> yeah. it was only once. But booted out of the cup for an ineligible player and not getting mm. the pa- paperwork through, and you see it all the time. Back to the non-league days. There was an easy, easy. Uh, situation perhaps to solve for Millwall, which was not let the aforementioned player go to QPR <laughs> with that creativity. That's Millwall then. Canary Mark writes to at the Totally Show, can we have some love for Norwich, please? We hardly get a mention. Fifth, have a prolific striker in Pookie with another Rhodes coming off the bench. Uh, talks about their great youth coming through, Aaron's and Campwell. When they were doing rubbish, I said it was all about their work in both penalty boxes. I said I said they just, just lacked a, a killer touch at one end and and the fine margin at the other. They've sorted it. It's, it's as straightforward as that. And, and yeah, he's, he's right. Steeperman's a good player. The youngsters have really reinvigorated the side and they just they just got the momentum, haven't they? And uh, and I, I still think it'll be difficult for them to to stick around the playoffs with with the squad that they've got. But but good luck to them. Yeah, Marco Steepman looking like one of the best mid players in the league, says Canary Mark. Another writes Adam Leather of Barrow. Does Bruce need to go from Villa? If he does, who could come in to satisfy the fans, get the promotion job done? Could Bruce be saved if he played players in the right 
positions. Again, Steve Bruce was talking about he can never do right in some of the supporters' eyes. And yeah. he withdrew Tammy Abraham, uh, I think, four minutes from the end the other day. But he had a calf problem, you know, 15. You never know exactly what's going on. I thought that was a massive game for them um, to get something. They did, but then he spin it on its head. Preston tonight bottom team in the division yeah. uh, again the pressure is enormous for that one but yeah it's getting everyone into a system obviously he's going to try and play Codger and Abraham in the same team trying to get Grealish in there as well it's a little bit of a problem you want to see Grealish playing off the front and it's a topic that we've spoken a lot about Eze at QPR trying to get him in the, in the hole there's a number and it means you know you have to drop one of your centre forwards so it's a, diff- it's a difficult predicament that I've got a lot of sympathy for Bruce for yeah change the system change the centre half and change the keeper those, that's what I'd do I would keep Bruce personally I think we well, still only lost two games and they've got they've got the players to, to win them football matches I think they'll be alright talking of winning matches Joe Crilly Ipswich to not win in October it's looking pretty uh, pretty likely actually they're, they're just 5-1 to one not to win a league game in October and they're 25 to 1 to lose all five games that they play in the month of October. I should have asked you to not win in October and still not be bottom because those draws are keeping them away from the bottom of the table just. I mean, that would be a huge price. Yeah. All right, good. I'm glad. Listeners, enough about football. Here's some news about the interweb. Woohoo! ShipStation, America's number one e-commerce shipping software, is now available in the UK. Why is that exciting, you may ask? Well, if you're selling online, you want to get your orders out quickly and keep your customers happy. And that's where ShipStation comes in. ShipStation imports your online orders from anywhere you sell, from eBay to Amazon and even your own web store. So whether you dispatch one package per day or thousands per week, ShipStation is the shipping software for you. You'll get orders out fast and keep your customers happy. Happy customers mean more orders, and that is good for business. Try ShipStation free for 30 days, plus get a special bonus when you use the promo code LEAGUE. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in the word LEAGUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter the promo code LEAGUE. ShipStation.com. Get ship done. To League One, hi-ho, hi-ho, to League One we go. And as per the Championship, Tuesday night is League One night, but after the weekend, that's now a League One with Portsmouth back top of the table, coming from behind to win at Rochdale 3-1. Plymouth still without that win to their name, bottom after defeat at home to four in a row. Donny, the in-form team. I'll get to the weekend in a minute. Do you see uh, Sunderland boss Jack Rush saying he's Rush? All right, <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery. Splendid. Uh, Jack Ross. Not bad. <laughs> I can do Scooby-Doo too. Right. That's about it. That was... I, no, that was good. really good. Okay. Yeah. Anyone else do any impressions? Uh, no, 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 tremendous. Leave it at that. Thank Great you. stuff. Well done. Uh, he says his ultimate ambition is to become the Scotland manager at some stage. Coventry won, Sunderland won. Five bookings, three goals... All before we get to October belong to Lee Catamol. Not all heroes wear capes. Jack Ross, Scotland. We always Sunderland is the old proverbial shop window, isn't it? Bit premature, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's looking into the crystal ball. But but no, he's a very promising manager, isn't he, Jack Ross? I like what I'm seeing from him. Very very uh, tactically astute. They're playing some lovely stuff. And and Catamol, I noticed it when I saw him in the flesh. I thought, hang on, what's, what's Catamol doing inside the final third all the time? And mm. he's clearly under instruction from Ross to be a box to box guy now. And he's he's probably thought. We're going to dominate more matches at League One level. It's a bit of a waste of Catamol. He's a really good all-round player just to put him in front of the back four. Let's just unleash him. And he's scoring goals. And, uh, yeah, it's great to see. He's too good, really, for League One, Lee Catamol. But, 
He's a loyal, loyal boy, and I think he can he can make the difference for them this year. Peterborough at Sunderland, uh, Rochdale won Portsmouth three, and they sold. You go next uh, after you, before you, after you between Portsmouth and, and Peterborough continues at the moment, which. For the league, when we've just mentioned Sunderland, mm. for the two P's to be still up there. Yeah, a really good uh, result for, for Portsmouth. Amazing goal from Aaron Wilbraham getting his first, I think, for, for Rochdale. But I just think, again, Pittman. I mean, it's been a toss-up between him and Hawkins start of the season. Hawkins' all-round game's been really good, bringing in Lowe and Curtis into play. But I think Pittman is a decent hold-up player, but on the shoulder, there's no one better, really, at that level. And... I loved the first goal for, for Lowe. Pittman's facing away from goal and he kind of swivels and just instinctively puts it into an area. It's a brilliant bit of play and Lowe just slides at home at the far post. And similarly for for his goal, getting across the centre-half to, to head a header in. So I, I think he's pivotal in Portsmouth moving forward. I just think the structure of the team, the know-how that Kenny Jackett's got, mm. I think they're doing the things that you need to do in League One very, very well. And, efficient. Uh, oh, efficient. And the, the third goal by Clark, I saw a Portsmouth supporter saying he's the best player at the moment as a centre-half. He could probably be the best player as a central midfield player. Little nutmeg, smash one in the top <laughs> corner. He's an excellent player, one they're going to do well to keep mm. hold of. Yeah, I, I think of those two, they're better equipped than Peterborough to stick there at the top. I think they'll both be close. But Peterborough, they still concede most games. Don't yeah. I think nine, nine of their ten games, both teams have scored... That's not sustainable, I don't think, because you can't keep relying on your forwards to get to get two or three a game. Two two with with Blackpool, the posh at the weekend. Warsaw nil, Accrington one. We're getting lots of shouts for surprise of the EFL so far. Accrington, Stanley are there. Doncaster are there with their four in a in a row for Doncaster too. Plymouth boss Derek Adams though. Plymouth two, Doncaster three says he's unhappy with some of the abuse he received full of their their loss. They have problematic injuries at the moment. Worst start to a league campaign in 37 years. Bottom of league one after failing to win in 10. You can throw every stat you like at them. And it's at what point, and we've seen it previously with other clubs, do the board turn around and say, this is getting quite tasty now with, with the fans. You can't ignore it, particularly yeah, I think when you go down the levels. I think Derek Adams has earned the right to have a bit longer. Of course I, he I really do. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's got a terrific track record. Obviously, they're... There's been a change in the boardroom, hasn't there, with, with, with the, the powers has swapped hands. Lots going on with the ground at the moment. I see they're in temporary dressing rooms. I've seen a lot of sort of excuses for the, for the players. You know, this has changed, that's changed. They've got to go out and deliver, haven't they? I, I think they lost a couple of key players in the summer. But that's Sonny valid, Bradley, right, isn't yeah. it? Oh, it, it the the yeah. finances is valid when you are stuffed, when you're trying mm. to work mm. all sorts mm. of things out behind as well. Yeah, they, they, they lost key players at the back. And Sonny Bradley went to loot and I think he was a key man. They lost a goalie, McCormick, didn't they? Just things haven't worked out for them. You look at them and you're struggling to see how they're going to turn it around. But but absolutely, Derek Adams is is not a bad manager. I'd, I'd give him longer. I really would. I think three top ten finishes suggest that he'll be given a little bit more time. I understand that they've wanted to see a bit more of Lemirez and he scored a wonder goal at the weekend, as did Graham Carey, a former teammate of mine, who's not delivered the goals that he's been so productive with the last few seasons. So... Big overhaul in the summer. I think he's heavily involved, Derek Adams, in, in all football operations there. Yeah. So I think they'll be given a bit more time. And just interestingly, on the dressing rooms, mm. that's one of the most intimidating places to go and play because of 
it's um, a little bit, it's up a flight of stairs, the dressing room. So when you're coming down, there's a bit of an old school cage either side of yeah. you when you come out. And um, the supporters, likewise, down that near side are very tight to you. Mm. It's quite hostile. So I know... I've uh, been attacked. I've been attacked. Yeah. It, was, it was semi-attacked. I'm not surprised. Down that, what, down that what, tunnel. What happened? Wow, they came for me. Did Years they? ago. Yeah, I remember. I, got, I think I got a yellow card. Who's that? Or something. The Plymouth, <laughs> that, Plymouth fans. Yeah. I'm just, I, I've experienced Have you experienced it? Because I don't know what, I can't remember exactly what I did, but it was a really feisty game. We beat Plymouth. I was playing for Southend 3-2. I think I did something wrong towards the end of the game to wind them up. And as I come off, I don't know, I don't know if they threw things or they were rattling the cage, but I remember feeling a little, little bit scared. Don't, don't mind admitting it. I think when I, I read the, the Derek Adams comment, it kind of struck home with me. And I, <laughs> I know it can be a little bit of an unforgiving place for the opposition and the home manager. So you never want to hear that if it's got personal at the weekend because he, he felt that he had to speak to the local radio uh, about the, the <laughs> stick he was getting. But I do think that's one that will be given a bit more time and, and hopefully you know go on a run like they did last year. It was an amazing second half to the season. So you think about the, the big players going to huge grounds and thousands upon thousands there shouting at you and giving the abuse. But actually it's that slightly smaller grounds mm-hmm tighter to you when you can see the whites of the eyes are those that are right up on much worse absolutely much worse I was was always far more nervous playing in front of smaller crowds and bigger crowds for for that reason sometimes when you when it wasn't going well then you would hear exactly what people were calling you it's in non-league it's obviously amplified even even more but but yeah footballers You've got to be tough, and I don't think, yeah, the Plymouth players, if they're getting flack, they've just got to be thick-skinned about it, as has Derek Adams. To lighten the mood, perhaps, did you see Wimbledon 2, Oxford United 1? That doesn't lighten it, but Ed Paul mentioned on Twitter, scenes at Wimbledon as someone celebrated their divorce going through with a special, special message, I've done it again, with a special <laughs> message over the tannoy. <laughs> so they, they put it out over the tannoy and then followed it up with Traz and Dave's dearly departed, ain't no pleasing you. Yeah, which that. came over the tannoy as well. <laughs> mm. Anyone else want to talk about anything else mm. in League One? Yeah, I, I, performance of the weekend, I think, has to go to Accrington keeper Con- Connor Ripley, doesn't it? I, I, I only saw the highlights, granted, but he was in them all. I mean, it was just that, it was a ten out of ten performance from him. He's he's on loan from Middlesbrough, and it got me to look into his record. And he's been at Middlesbrough yeah, since the day dot. He's been loaned to Oxford, Bradford, Ostersons, um with Graham Potter. He's been on loan at Motherwell, Oldham, Burton, Berry, and now Accrington Stanley. And and I also noticed that he was an England under twenty, or a former England under twenty international. He played in the World Cup in two thousand and thirteen. He was teammates with Kane, Dyer, Stones, Lascelles, um, Adam Reach, who we've mentioned already, Ross Barkley, and Co. So it just shows you the fine margins that those guys are playing their trade at the very top of the tree. And it was only five years ago, four or five years ago, he was on a level playing field with those guys at the at the under 20 world cup it's just it's these little things you need don't you little man- managers to back you a little bit of luck here and there and it just it just makes me think maybe the, maybe he could make it you've seen players he's mid 20s now maybe this loan spell could be the one that convinces someone to buy him or even Middlesbrough to give him a chance at the Riverside it, it was disappointing they probably did actually but none of the papers went with Ripley's believe it or not just me talented Mr Ripley thank you <laughs> I was going to Single Chris Solly, Charlton, not scored in six years. Club legend, last minute, way at Luton. Little volley. It killed a few worms on the way in, but he won't mind. (laughs) And uh, Mark Quiss at Doncaster, just with my bias, uh, former centre forward at that level. 
49th and 50th goals in his 100th appearance to get those three points at, at Plymouth. And he has been, I mean, pulling up trees for, for Doncaster 1 and 2, obviously, throughout his career there. So, fantastic return. Joe, Plymouth to win in October. <laughs> Plymouth are massively odds on to get a win in October. So, if we're looking at the other side, uh, they're 10 to 1 not to win in October. So, that works out about 1 to 33 that they do eventually pick up uh, uh, three points at one point during this month. And Accrington to be in the playoffs? Accrington are 15 to 2 to make the playoffs, 16 to 1 for promotion. Holt stop. On Spotify, smart speaker, and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Football League show from Muddy Knees Media. League two then, where Newport fans must have been fearing another Yeovil 6 niller at home as they went down 2 to Cambridge United. But no doing. There was a spectacular 4-2 win and a spectacular minus one goal difference. He's in second behind champions elect. I'm not going to go that early on, Lincoln. Macclesfield still no win, still bottom 1-1 with the United Nations of Forest Green. More on that in a bit. Mansfield 4, Northampton nil. Goodbye or au revoir. Dean Austin for no reason other than saying au revoir. One win in 12. Bonjour, Keith Curl. <laughs> good appointment, good move. Uh, yeah, I think they had to go down the experience route. Uh, I remember seeing Northampton towards the back end of last season and it was pretty desperate. Dean Austin got a bit of a tune out of them towards the, the, the end of the campaign. But I mean, a number of good players, a number of lads that I played with, good characters as well and continue to scratch my head about their plight but a number of different systems, I think, in recent weeks. And the, and the 4-0 against Mansfield. I mean, a team that were down in 16th Mansfield. Yeah. David Flickcroft coming under pressure. I think you know, don't you, as a player, probably coming back on the coach, that that was probably the end of the manager. And he, he came out fighting after the game, kind of put it on the players a little bit. But Keith Curl, I don't think he suffers falls at all. No. He's quite prickly um, <laughs> with the chaps in the media, as well as I'd imagine the players. <laughs> Great opportunity for him, but uh, the club has been in, in, in desperate state since Chris Wilder left. Yeah, well, so many different managers, I think. Six since May 2016. It's Yeah, it's been in and out, hasn't it? No one's really said today. I think the players let, let Austin down. That was an abject performance against Mansfield. That was definitely a, a stereotypical get the manager sacked performance unfortunately uh, awful you played in awful from them either of you played in a game where you've wanted to get the manager sacked <sighs> not wanted well you knew it's, it's you know it's coming so you and didn't no, give no, it. no 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 of course you give it all you give it your all but well i did but i, I don't know I, I, it's, staying it's quiet. Hard, yeah it's hard to put your finger on it. it it is hard to put your finger on it i don't think professionals obviously down tools but but the attitude can can be different. If, if your attitude is ten percent lower than what it should be, you'll see a performance like like we did with Northampton. Um, on Austin, I think he made a big mistake in the summer by only bringing in four new players. He kept most of that team together, mm-hmm. and I played I played in a South End team that went down, and we we sort of did the same. And I think you need to shake things up sometimes. Lose it's an old cliche. Losing losing's a habit, and I think that that yeah he showed too much faith in them it's easy to think ah these are league one players they'll they'll shine at league two level it very very rarely works out like that so um yeah that was a bit of a ricket on his part good brand stats on twitter well worth a look won 29 of the 46 in 2015 16 under wilder so 29 of 46 Mm. they've won 27 of 102 league games under the four different managers (laughs) since you were giving it the nod joe I was just going to talk about Keith Curl. He, he, you know what you're going to get. Sam said he, he doesn't suffer fools gladly, and he's going to come into the club and turn things around. You can only imagine that he will, because that that's 
his brand of management he comes in he changes the fortunes it may go stale after a while but he will certainly help Northampton back up the table top 10 wasn't he top 10 in all three seasons at Carlisle so yeah I think maybe that dressing room needs needs a rocket Mm. and uh, he will deliver it yeah chairman Kelvin Thomas says he took over at Carlisle similar circumstances did an excellent job not only steering them out of trouble but developing a squad that was able to challenge for promotion in the following season so you can see where his mind's going for next season well at least he knows what he's got himself into talking to Carlisle Carlisle Neil Stevenage one shout out to the massive on the Stevenage bus. Oh, yes. See, it got nearly all the way there. Then the A66 was closed, so I had to turn around and go back. Eight hours and nothing. <laughs> Were nothing. they at Weatherby Services, or is that just the rumour when, uh, they go, when they go went in? I'm, I'm saying nothing. I like it, though. Yeah. I think, that was a, I think was there 35 fans there and, and 40 stuck in the services? Yeah. I wonder if they had a mug made. When we went to Truro... I think there was about eight went and we had a mug made for the Truro Eight. <laughs> Apparently there were 59 tickets sold. So for how many did you say was in there? I think, yeah, I think 40 odd, I don't know. Yeah, there maybe 22 of the services. But I played for both clubs. Carlisle, I was terrible for in a very brief loan spell. Stephen Eacher really loved playing for, for that club. And I'm I'm thrilled to see them near the top. It's brilliant. After um, last season as well. Yeah, it was yeah it was frustrating. But uh, Dino Marmaria, who who I didn't play with, but he came after me. He he's doing a great job. And what I love about it is that he's got Stevenage people as is in the whole backroom staff. Um, Jason Goodliffe, a centre half I played with there in our conference days. He's the, he's the coach. You've got John Ashton, a Stevenish legend, who's the fitness coach, and you've got Chris Day, who's been a, who's a local lad, um, lives in the town, and he he's the goalkeeper coach. So so it's it's a re- I would imagine with those boys, it's a really together, close knit group, and and yeah, they're, they're delivering for for Marmory at the moment. Brilliant. Jason Goodliffe was at Wimbledon with my old mate Dave Anderson. He said he'll go on and be a, a proper, proper manager. Oh, so good. He was a good centre-half. He, yeah. he, he, One of those that inspires. He's a tough guy. And what I've noticed about Stevenage is that they are seeing games out really, really well. They've not conceded a goal in the final half hour of matches this season, which I just think is amazing. In 10 matches, you've not conceded in the last 30 minutes when you're knackered. That shows really good shape, good discipline, excellent fitness as well. So the signs, there's a lot of positive signs there. I think they could stick around at the top, Stevenish. I think, Abby, the producer asked us if they were title contenders. I don't quite think so. I think that obviously what Adrian said there, the the, the 1-0 results in recent weeks, very promising. And in Ben Kennedy, who got the goal, that's a player that was linked with moving in the summer, very capable at that. And they replaced what they lost in the summer, I think, quite well with Wilmot, the player that went to Watford, Cuthbert mm. coming in, a bit of experience through the, the spine. And a team that is trying to play more football in the opening weeks of the season hadn't got up to speed in that regard. So a few weeks on, they're starting to grasp it. And um, no, it's a really good, really good result for them. I spoke to the manager yesterday and uh, we touched on the Carlisle trip and Exeter tonight. So... Not best pleased with the fixture schedule. If they can get the legs going again this evening, I think they're going to have a good season, Stevenage, but I think they'll be short of an automatic um, challenge. Yeah, you just do that whole... The whole world's against us. Come on, one more. One more. <laughs> one more more. One day more. Uh, Newport 4, Cambridge 2. I was going to give it a little brief mention on this, purely because of the minus one goal difference. Yeah, they're second at the moment. Mike Flynn speaking to BBC Radio Wales. I'll be honest, it's not good for my blood pressure the way we started. It wasn't what we were about. 4-2, they were two down and everyone's going, as I mentioned, Yeovil again when they lost (laughs) 6-0 at home. 
Yeah, well, they just had a purple patch, didn't they? I think four goals in 18 minutes across either half. Brilliant. The left back was the star of the show. Butler, I think he, he... I can't remember how many assists he got. It felt like he got four, but I don't think he did. But yeah, no, great great team to watch at the moment, aren't they, Newport? You, you know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, that they really are punching above their weight, aren't they? they Newport County, I don't think with their resources, they should be where they are, but, but they are. Yeah, I don't think we anticipated probably Newport or Exeter being there, Exeter, one of the stories of the season so far for me, Taylor going in there and um, really getting a tune out of him. The, the, the signings that he's made, very, very impressive thoughts back fit now. Um, they're looking in excellent nick. And Newport, as you rightly say, Adrian, the ammunition coming from the left side. And Jamil Matt, who's been a good player, probably not a consistent enough goal scorer, scored a towering header, uh, one of his brace. And uh, yeah, Michael Flynn is a, a great character. And people probably thought he was just a motivator and a local lad. But he's showing that he's a decent football manager already, a decent tactician, playing on a better pitch with better players. You can't discount them. I would like to just rattle through everything else, but you can stop me at any point. Macclesfield won, Forest Green Rovers won, only because Forest Green have been recognised by the UN for winning a Momentum for Change award for their commitment to sustainable living. If you thought that was a great quote, what about this one after MK1, Tranmere won? It doesn't take an Einstein to work out where we need to improve, taking our chances and making more of our territory. Mr Tisdale said after Milton Keynes failed to win a fifth game. Grimsby won, Morecambe two. Grimsby last picked up a point in the league on the 21st of August. And a first win for Harry Kuehl. Notts County two, crew one. Guess who they play? Crawley. Next. <laughs> well done, then. Unbeaten in the last three league games, though. Anything else from League Two? Well, on, on Grimsby, stat of the day, this one, right? If matches finished at half-time, mm. which they don't, do you know where Grimsby will be in the table? Top. Fourth. Oh. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, well, it would have been more impressive if they'd well, been top. I'm looking at the league table and they are 23rd. Yeah. So that's quite it's quite impressive. So they need to finish all games at half-time. That's the key. If we're talking about managers in the bottom tier under pressure, I think Jolly very much comes into yeah. that that category. I think going forward, they've got a real problem. The big moment of the game, actually, was Wes Thomas. who half-time. Yeah, half-time. Yeah, they wanted it done. Yeah, Wes Thomas um, crashed one against the underside of the bar. He's a player I like, Wes, and he's got... I think the potential to go on a bit of a run, but um, the chap who, who got the goal uh, for Morecambe, Oates, I think he had a loan spell at Grimsby. So that is hard for the home support to suffer. It looked like a team in Morecambe under Jim Bentley mm. got a plan. They're playing nice, intricate little bit of football. Jolly doesn't look like he's got much of a plan in terms of the formation and the style of play. I think that they're going to be banging trouble once again this season. And I wouldn't be surprised... It, well, there's a number calling for his head already. So that's that's a manager that's very much under pressure. Just a quickie, we should give a mention to, to Matty Taylor, the veteran of Swindon. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I mean, what a red card that is. I mean, that, as red cards go. As red cards go, that is. It's almost a double red, isn't it? Uh, and it sparked a, sparked a quality brawl, didn't it? I love seeing brawls. I know you shouldn't say that, but I do. Just on that, <laughs> Peter Clark, he was at the forefront of that little melee after the sending off. I had a row with him 16 years ago in the same spot on that pitch. I was like, rubbing my eyes, I can't believe he's still at it. Unbelievable. Swindon at home to Blackpool. We had absolute murders for 90 minutes. Form is temporary. Uh, yeah, I saw him at the weekend and I was like, I'll still be out there. Uh, you've outdone us on the stats this week, Mr Clark. You've outdone us on the brawling. Can he outdo us on the odds for the weekend? Grimsby to win their next match. Joe, or you can go the the triple header. I quite like this one of Ipswich, Macclesfield, and Plymouth to win on Saturday. Yeah, Ipswich, Macclesfield, Plymouth. 
we need them all to fail to win in the midweek games for this narrative to actually continue <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, we're the ignoring weekend. the midweek. Remember uh, that. But but they're thirty to one to all win. Uh, so we'll stick a, a ten quid charity bet on that for. Uh, oh really? Yes, for calm campaign against living miserably which is a charity we support here on the podcast is it affected though by what does happen on tuesday and wednesday no those those prices are locked in good locked in <laughs> honest joe uh, yeah uh, apparently newport are now the most profitable return team which i mentioned to you before and you just went yeah whatever so i'm just going to mention to you again previews ahead of the weekend not the midweek games like they're happening uh, leeds brentford if leeds need a reason to get up for one brentford's going to be tough when they roll in sound millwall villa the troubled team could be troubled this weekend. Doncaster Fleetwood, informed Doncaster, I should have said. FGR Newport, the UN versus the Goldie looking chain. Swindon, Northampton, Yeovil, Exeter. They're all the ones I'd like to look at, but you can go anywhere. You can. I'll allow you. <laughs> I say Millwall every week, don't I? Uh, QPR Derby, I'll go for. Yeah, be, be really interesting. Steve McLaren against his uh, former side there. And John Eustace, his assistant, obviously turned out. Uh, for them as well. So QPR are just so inconsistent, Caroline. It drives me mad because we just spoke about this so often last season uh. on a poor run after a great run. So that would be really interesting. And obviously the, the West London connection of Lampard and Jody getting nicely taunted from the stands. Poor runs, QPR, Ian Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just looking at Lee too, actually. Stevenage v Colchester is a, is a standout for me. Two teams um, playing some good stuff right in the mix, fourth and uh, fifth at the moment. I've been really impressed by Colchester. I know we spoke to one of their fans a few weeks ago. Um, they lost last time out, but but they're playing some some lovely stuff, I think, in, in League Two, and that could be a really entertaining fixture. I think it's all going to be going off in uh, Lancashire. There's three Lancashire derbies this weekend. Uh, Preston Wigan, Bolton Blackburn and Blackpool Rochdale. Going off in Lancashire, big style. We know where he'll be. Thank you to Sam, the Milky Bar Kid parking, Adrian, the Caramel Choo Choo Clark, and Joe, the Juice Critty. I don't know why. And Abby, thank you too. If you want to get in touch at The Totally Show. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season, The Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life really, and here at The Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK. So that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.